0: When you first start, like you have this naive perspective of like, I can do this thing and make money doing this thing. And I like doing this thing. So Mm -hmm. I should do this thing and make money.
1: Hi everyone. And welcome to the imperfect company podcast. I'm Mariah. And I'm Arlena. And we are so excited about today's topic. But before we get into that, I really want to know because Arlena, like we said last week, she was going on vacation and I literally have not talked to her since she got back to hear all about how the vacation went. So Arlena, you want to talk about your vacation? Yes, it is so uneventful. I
0: actually uh, have no really exciting updates. So it rained the entire time we were there. Um, until the morning we left. Cause naturally the day we're leaving, we wake up and the weather is like gorgeous outside. And obviously that's a problem because we brought tracer. Um, we were also staying in a tiny house. It's super trendy and super fun. Um, don't think I'll be doing that again anytime soon <laughs> because I mean, it was super nice. The view was amazing. I loved, we were like on the side of a mountain basically, and it was gorgeous, but uh, between Adam and I and a, you know, 60 some odd pound dog. Um, not a lot of space, like even just us trying to figure out like where to put our suitcase to like get stuff out of. Cause there's no like dresser or anything. We just have like a little area we can hang some stuff in. Um, so like moving the suitcase back and forth from the bed to the couch, like depending on what we're doing, my parents are older, so they don't have iPhones or smartphones at all. Um, actually my mother only very recently upgraded from her Motorola razor. I am not joking. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh. I um, respect that though.
0: Right. And it's funny too, because she was kind of late in the game to a razor because I remember her coming home with it and me being like, do they even still sell those?
1: Like those mm-hmm. are vintage. <laughs> yeah. They saw it's like, they were really big for a long time. Like in Early 2000s, or whatever. And I remember my parents had one, and then they came out with like new versions again to try to get it, like, like get it back, get their like not- notoriety back. And it didn't work, unfortunately, because that was like around the time iPhones started coming out. So, unfortunately, for razors. Yeah,
0: I think I was in seventh grade seventh grade, maybe beginning of eighth grade, I had a razor. Um, and I used to like save up my allowance so I could go to the mall and buy like a new cheap phone case for it to like make Uh it a different color. (laughs) Anyway, I guess I can get back to what I was saying and try not to go on too far of a tangent about old phones, but my parents are much older, so they don't have cell phones, but Adam and I got them a Amazon Echo Show for Christmas last year because it has a camera built in so that way we would be able to like video call them because we couldn't do that before. And so I specifically like called my mom on their house phone and was like, "Hey, you got to go to the Amazon Echo so that I can show you our tiny house." And it was so funny because I'd be like, "Okay, here's the front door, here's our bathroom. Adam's on the couch, but this is also our kitchen and also our dining room. Oh, and there's our bed. Like, <laughs> we're home." <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, um, it was kind of a bummer. Obviously, it was great to be able to just like have time to unwind and chill. We spent a lot of time just like watching Netflix. And we did go out and do a couple of things. Like we explored downtown Asheville because they're pretty dog friendly. We also tried to go to the outlet mall. They're also super dog friendly. We were very surprised and very pleased, but it was like pouring rain the whole time and nobody was having a lot of fun. And it got so bad, in fact, that The last night we were there on the way home, it took us probably like an hour and a half to go like a 20 minute drive because so many of the roads, like there was so much traffic roads were shut down. Roads were flooding. Once we got off the highway, like we had to turn around one time because we went down a road and like a tree and like a power line were over the road. And so it started getting kind of crazy and we were like, okay, we like need to get home as we're like making our way home. Like I said, there's, there had been like mudslides that had like shut down part of the highway and like, it just kept getting worse. And once we finally made it home, we were like on our phone, like, checking in like local Facebook groups where we were. And it was terrible. The county that we were staying in, like I said, we were really lucky because we were on the side of a mountain, but that entire county, like they shut down allowing people in unless they had like proof of residency basically. And a bunch of the roads were shut down. Like I said, there were like multiple bridges that literally just like washed away streets that were flooded. They were like impassable, um, so we got really lucky in where we were staying and like being on higher ground and being able to get home, but very thankful that obviously we are okay and we're able to get home. All right. Definitely not what we had in mind for our little vacation.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, at least like though you guys got to spend some time together, like you and Adam and because you guys were away from each other basically since you guys got married. So now you got like a little mini mini honeymoon <laughs> in the rain, <laughs> right?
0: No, I agree. It was so nice just to have like quality time. It was funny. Well, once we got home, um, we don't have a sectional in our living room, but we have two couches that are kind of in like an L shape, but with space to walk in between it. So I was on the end of one couch and he was like right across from me on the end of the other couch. But I was like, Oh my gosh, I think this is like the furthest apart we've been like
1: all week. Because <laughs> you guys were so gripped together. Right. Uh, I wonder if um that storm was the storm that hit the Midwest so bad. And then it, I wonder if it moved over, moved east, because we it was such bad weather and like the entire state of Wisconsin, I think Illinois and like Minnesota got it. But like the weather here was just crazy. Like I've now my my parents oh yeah I didn't tell you this because I think last time we talked it was like right when the storm was ending um but when the last day of the storm my parents uh power went out and it was out for like 3 days <gasps> no 3 days my mom was like in the entire history of us living here they have lived in that house since before I was born so like 30 some years and She was like the most it's ever gone out is like maybe six hours, and she so they had they they used their anniversary, their wedding anniversary, uh, to go grocery shopping. They were grocery shopping all day because all their food was bad, and uh, she was like, it was it was wild. I don't know exactly what happened, but their entire city was out. I'm so glad that John and I are not right over there because I would have died. Like I wouldn't have been able to work or do anything for all those days
0: yeah so i think that's a separate storm because i think what we got was actually the remnants of tropical storm fred that like came through the gulf and then up the east coast Mm -hmm. but yeah definitely some crazy weather all over like the eastern side of the united states as a whole at the last week or two
1: it's right around that time i feel like when summer's about to end there's always some weird weird crap that happens (laughs) and weather just happens to be one of it okay mariah and
0: i will stop being meteorologists and get (laughs) get into today's topic. So today we are going to be talking about balancing our joy and monetization. So what happens when you monetize a hobby? Should you monetize your hobby and all of those details? And in fact, we have so much to say that this is actually going to be a two-parter episode. So you'll be hearing us talk about this this week and next. And if you remember, we actually kind of brought this up in last week's intro and we just have not been able to get it out of our heads. And so we needed to record. So let's go ahead and get into today's episode.
1: so let's jump right into today's topic. Uh, I feel like we both have a lot to say on this. We texted about it and I can't wait to start this discussion. So we're going to talk about basically when you monetize your joy and all the little pieces that come with that and how they relate to our business. First of all, I figure we should start out with that both of our businesses grew from a hobby, something we liked doing and moved into us making money for that hobby. And so it's kind of an interesting dynamic. It doesn't always happen like that, but for both of us, that is how it happened. And so we have a lot of feelings and um, knowledge about this, this situation.
0: If you want more detail on how Mariah and I started our businesses and our specific journeys, be sure to go back and listen to the very first episode, scroll all the way down on whatever platform you're listening to and listen to the Introducing Imperfect Company episode. But we will give a bit of a brief overview because Mariah is exactly right. Both of our businesses started because we were doing something that we really enjoyed, ended up being good at. Um, although I think we both agree, when we look back at like our first year in business, we kind of laugh. Um, but that's how it should be, and we're gonna feel the same way about this podcast. In fact, we laugh about that pretty often. Like one day, we're gonna listen back to these episodes that we think are the best thing since. Sliced bread and be like, what were we thinking? (laughs) But it started with a hobby and something that I did in my free time. And Mariah was doing as she was going through chemotherapy, and over time grew into a business. I've mentioned before that I kind of coined myself as an accidental entrepreneur because I never set out to be a business owner. You know, I didn't start lettering or start buying things surrounding lettering or even starting my Instagram or my website with the actual intention on starting an actual business. It just is something that progressed very naturally for me, which I think really helped because I've mentioned before that I can be kind of a hobby hopper. And so I think like letting it happen naturally and not putting like outside pressure on myself really helped me continue to like enjoy the process. Like I was able to learn so much from starting my business from the ground up alone, you know, learning how to start a website and edit a website. And, you know, my degree and my work background is in marketing, but it was really cool to be able to put it into play in a completely different way.
1: Mm -hmm. I think that probably for both of us, we kind of started with the idea of like a blog, you know, like let's write down things and talk about our journeys. And like, I think both of us, I don't, I don't know about you, Arlena, but like, I was, um, a a big writer when i was in high school so that was something that i really wanted to do was i might as well write and then as that kind of builds traction you um a lot of times you can see if you're going to be able to start a business and have people interested just by sharing what you are interested in without the the feeling of needing to monetize it so it's more of just a you know expression of how you're feeling and what you're doing and a way to keep yourself busy
0: yeah, absolutely. And I think the biggest reason I started my blog and my website in the first place was because like I was running out of room in Instagram captions. <laughs> like I was, <laughs> I was typing too much and had like these ridiculously long captions, which sometimes I still do. Mm-hmm. Uh, no shame in my game. Sometimes I have a lot of things to say pretty much all the time, but, um, you know, that's why I started my blog. And so I would say it progressed like in a very similar way for me as well.
1: Yeah. And obviously we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't go through all of the trouble of building a website and starting a blog and taking time out of our day unless we loved what we were doing and we were enjoying what we were doing. And I mean, I think a little bit of it is that, um, you know, we felt we were good at what we were doing and like that we had information or, you know, something to share about it that would hopefully help someone else. And that was where both of our businesses started. And then I think mine kind of grew from that where I really liked doing calligraphy. It made me happy. I was good at it. And then I realized, okay, I can combine this with my graphic design expertise that I've had. Um, I've been a graphic designer for like 10 years now. Um, and create something that is not only fun for me, but something that I could possibly make money off of.
0: Yeah. It, w- it was pretty similar for me as well. Like I mentioned, it all kind of just naturally happened and and it went from okay, I should share these things on my blogs to okay, well, I should learn more about affiliate links to, oh well, everybody wants to know about the procreate brushes I'm making. So I should sell them. Oh, people want to know how to letter. So I should create a guide. And I've kind of allowed my business to progress naturally um, in that way. Although I think once you're past the initial stages of monetizing, I think that's where the intent comes in. And I know like those are mistakes that I've made in my business and it comes out of, you know, when I was working full-time, sometimes I had no choice but to put my business on the back burner for a little while. And I definitely noticed that like when I wasn't approaching things with the same level of intent, um, you know, I, I saw a decline in revenue and it was always something that I was at peace with, right? Like I just had to accept that, okay, you know, I've got a lot of balls I'm juggling in the air right now and I've got to put this one down for a little while. And it was always really hard though, because once you've built that community and when it is something that you love and like you might have time to create but you don't have time to approach it in the same level like there's definitely that hard like balance of figuring out how you can make it happen and i think it comes down to like discipline which i hate using that word but at least that's what i found worked for me is once i figured out like a batching system so when i was working full time and owning my business i would do a lot of things on the weekend or at night and i would film like multiple videos or You know, brain dump multiple blog ideas when I was writing more blogs. And that is how I was able to kind of like balance because I would already have like created that content. And then I could just spend an hour or two here and there curating that content.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think for both of us, uh, because we both have like marketing backgrounds, it was almost like, I treated it as um, a continuation of uh, my education and, like, you know, learning these new things that I could possibly need in a future job, like learning how to, you know, master social media or, you know, things that I could say on my. Resume, like I know how to build a WordPress website and things like that. Like the goal was never to have my own business, it was just to kind of supplement income, do something that I love and have fun with it, and also continue my education in that way that I could use it to hopefully get a better. And more interesting job.
0: Yeah, 100%. The first thing that came to mind as you were talking when I was thinking about like, okay, well, when did that hit me? And I think one, like the, the building the website was huge. But second, I think about Adobe because I, again, like I've mentioned, like my background is in business degrees specifically. So i I didn't take any Adobe focused classes because I just didn't really have the interest to. And I thought, okay, well, if I want to figure it out, like I'll teach myself. Like I didn't want to waste one of my electives, you know, waste in air quotes, right? So
1: college is expensive. <laughs> yeah, seriously. College classes is really expensive.
0: But I remember like, I don't know, maybe, maybe a few months into starting my Instagram. I don't even remember if I had formed my LLC yet, but I had asked my parents if I could get a year of Adobe for my birthday or something, right? Like I had the student discount at the time and I think it was my birthday. It was some sort of Like holiday where I would get a gift. And I was like, you know, I think this would be really valuable for me to be able to have time to teach myself before I'm on the job market. Like, I think this would be really great. But the whole reason that I was inspired to get it was through watching Mariah and other creators that I was friends with take their lettering and make amazing things that like I had never even thought about creating, um, because I had no idea, how to use it. Like I completely self-taught myself illustrator and InDesign. And although I'm mildly incompetent at both of them, still I am in no way a professional. Um, You know, it was absolutely like amazing experience. And I learned so much about graphic design in the process and, you know, buying books and reading things, reading things on Pinterest. It's really cool when that hobby and that passion kind of align with things that, that can help you out either, whether it's in your career or with your business or just something that you want to enjoy learning about?
1: So if we ask ourselves why we chose to monetize it rather than just, you know, keep doing it for fun, whatever. um, I think my answer would probably be that, you know, I, I think that I was used to being so busy uh, in college and everything. I worked like 20 hours a week. I was taking 20 credits. I was doing a lot and I was constantly busy. Like I was in a sorority. I was constantly doing a ton of things. And then all of a sudden I go into the job market and I'm working, you know, nine to five. But then after that is time that I could spend doing other things. And so I felt kind of a pressure or a need to like, like hustle, or you know, be busy, and it just was an extra benefit to um, try to monetize it and try to make a little extra money because extra money is never bad. Uh, but I didn't really feel like I was working another job. It was more just like I was slightly making money on something that I was doing that I really liked to do. so like there couldn't be any bad part of that, right? but I mean, as our businesses grew, we kind of we'll we'll talk about that in the next part, all about like the bad parts of it, but I enjoyed it and making money was fun. It's fun to just make more money and have extra spending money and that kind of thing, especially right out of college where you're finally making a full-time salary. So I that's one of the reasons why I did it. I mean, I hate to use the
0: word naive, but I think that's the best way to describe it is like when you first start, like you have this naive perspective of like, I can do this thing and make money doing this thing, and I like doing this thing, so mm-hmm. I should do this thing and make money. Mm-hmm. And while, I guess that is how it starts, um like Mariah mentioned, we're gonna talk a- how it's much more complicated than that. So I think there is like a beauty in being naive in the beginning because I think it helps like get the magic started. And for me, like when I think about answering that question, it sounds so cheesy, but I feel like I feel like I didn't choose it. Like I feel like it chose me because it literally just happened completely by accident. But once I started, I recognized like so many pieces of my personality that fit perfectly with what a good entrepreneur was. Again, it's something like I really had never thought about owning a business in any sort of serious capacity which Mariah and I have talked about before but once I started getting into the thick of it and especially once I started my job at the Entrepreneurship Center and then eventually teaching entrepreneurship it just like kept getting reinforced like oh okay like there's like that nature versus nurture argument of like is an entrepreneur born or made i believe it's both right like i think there are people who are born that way with a certain attitude And I think they could start their own business. I think that they're great leaders in the workplace. I think there are people who just naturally innovate and think outside of the box. But I also think that there are... A million and one people that are made and through their experiences or an idea, you know, they didn't intend to start a business, but they had this great idea or they ended up really good at this thing, or maybe they got laid off in 2008 or during the COVID-19 pandemic. And they didn't have a choice, but to figure out how to make money themselves. And then they ended up loving it. And, you know, as always, that's kind of a tangent for a different episode, but I think for me and I just cut before this uh, because I was laughing with Mariah because I was like, I can't think of a different way to say this. But for me, for lack of a better term, it's like the high that you get, like when you like take a step back and look at like what you've done, and whether it's just you or you have a team of employees or you've sold your company or you own a franchise. Like there are so many different ways to be an entrepreneur, but I think like being able to take a step back and see what you've done is Like such an amazing, amazing feeling, even when it's on the smallest scale. Like we've talked about this before when it came to like growing social media followings, but I feel the same way about sales. Like I remember my first sale and being so, so excited about it. But I can tell you, and Mariah can tell you, and any of my friends who have been around when I get an order can tell you that I still feel the exact same way when I get a notification on my phone or I get an email that another order has come through, like I get just as excited now, if not arguably more excited because again, at the beginning, like I kind of just was like trying out this thing and now I just love it so much. And I get so pumped because I'm like, holy shit, another human being like wants to support my business. Like there is just such like such an amazing, amazing connection when you get to do that.
1: Yeah. Like that's how I felt with when we were growing our social media, because now I think about it, like I'm almost to 10 K getting there. It's it's going to take forever, but <laughs> I'll get there eventually. I think about that number of people and like the fact that I really, I wasn't making that much money, even when I had like 5,000 followers and the fact that there was that many people was so crazy. And I'm, I agree though, that like at the beginning, it was really exciting to like, you know, start getting, sales, things like that. But it's even more exciting now just because like this is my full time job. And each one of those means like a specific thing in terms of like how I can live my life. So like I got an order. Yay. Maybe I can go, go to Starbucks today.
0: You know, right. Right, And even more than that, like, OK, great. I can pay half of our mortgage this month. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> That's like know- the big thing there are so many parents that's like you're the reason that they're able to put food on their kids tables like mm-hmm. and i think that is the amazing amazing part about shopping small is like it's important for all businesses to exist in like the ecosystem of the economy but with small businesses and local businesses like you're able to see the impact like i see that with businesses that I follow online, like other small business owners, like, you know, they might have a big sale to celebrate a big accomplishment. And then after, you know, they might show their kid at like a t-ball tournament and they're like, Hey, like we got to travel to this other state to do this tournament because
1: y'all made it possible this month. Like we exceeded our goal or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. As a personal uh, example, um, I had a really, really good June, like my June for some reason, I I got like twice my normal salary um, or my normal profit. And um, so I decided that I wanted to hire painters for my house because I don't want to do it myself. And now I want to like treat myself. <laughs> so it's just those things. It's just like I it wouldn't be possible if I didn't, you know, four, three or four years ago decide I'm going to start an Instagram channel and I'm going to start an Etsy shop and see where it goes and you know make be making like i don't know like maybe 20 dollars a week and now i'm at the point where i can actually Like it's beyond what my full-time salary was at my business, which is wild to think about.
0: Yeah. And those painters are going to be another small business. And then like, you Mm -hmm. know, the world just keeps moving around. And I think that's so, so special. And I hate to take us away from this topic, but I think it's important that we also maybe talk a little bit about hobbies that we don't monetize. Mm -hmm. Um, I mentioned this last week, so I'll start um, because one of the things that I love to do is to paint. And depending on what I'm painting, I'm not great at it. Like I would not consider myself a professional by any means, but occasionally I do create things that are very magical and things that really bring me a lot of joy. And it's in those moments where I'm like, okay, I want to do it again. Right. Like, let's say I am painting a whale and then I'm like, okay, well, I want to paint another whale because that one went so well. Like, can I do it again? Like, or was this just an accident? Right. Like, it's like the imposter syndrome of painting recently, I've been really into like painting marshes and I'm like, okay, well I should do this on a canvas. And then at a certain point it's like, okay, well now what am I going to do with all of these paintings that I've been like hoarding? Like I don't need them all around my own house. And, and sometimes I think like, I would love to sell some paintings. Like, even though it's not really what I do with my specific business, even though it's not what I technically do in my business, like I am still a creator in all aspects. And so it's like, I should be able to do like a limited release or a limited collection. Um, Or maybe I do like a craft fair and I take my paintings there. And I don't ever like I'm a big like never say never person because who knows where life will take me. But I know like at this point in my life, like I don't think that painting would bring me the same level of joy if I was like taking commissions, right? Like if somebody wanted me to paint something for them, like I think it's because I'm not like a traditional artist in the sense of the word to where... You know, I don't really think I have like a painting style necessarily. Like, I use a lot of different mediums, doing a lot of different things because I'm ju- kind of just an art supply hoarder, and I find joy in it. Um, when Adam was deployed, I started testing and playing around with alcohol inks, which I absolutely loved because I'm such a perfectionist. So, abstract art brought me like a next level um, amount of joy because I was able to really like let go and loosen up. But, like I said, I don't know if it would bring me the same joy, if like somebody wanted me to create this thing and then I feel this pressure to create this thing. And like, there are plenty of people who make such an awesome living being able to do that. And it brings them so much joy and I am cheering y'all on, but I guess I'm just sharing my own experience because, you know, it's okay to be relatively good at something, to enjoy something and to not monetize it. Or, you know, like in my situation, like I'm in that in-between where I didn't want to monetize it at first and now I've been doing it for a few years and I'm like- okay, at some point I probably could monetize this. And it's not that I, I guess I shouldn't say could, but it's that I want to, right? Like I want to share like the joy that some of my paintings bring me with other people and like for them to be able to like be on the wall of somebody else's home and like bring other people joy. Um, So I don't know where my journey is gonna go with that, but that's just an example of something that I've kept, Uh, pretty close to heart for the last couple of years. And I'm finally in the stages of like thinking about how I want to go about um, maybe expanding and and doing things, like I said, on a very small scale.
1: Yeah. What you're describing is literally exactly uh, how people, especially in the creative community, expand what they offer and like change what they want their business to be. So like, you know, you started your business with calligraphy, um, but you're starting to realize that you like painting. What if in five years, you're barely doing calligraphy and all you're doing is painting because that's what gives you the most joy. It's all about like, you know, taking an inventory of yourself and your business and figuring out kind of what, what gives you the most joy, because even though you're monetizing, it, it doesn't mean that you can't have joy from that thing and can't continue to have joy. And while, you know, sometimes it takes away from the joy, uh, it, I still enjoy everything that I do that I create. And as I stop enjoying things, I move them out of my business and pick up things that I do enjoy. And I think that's the beautiful thing of having a small business is you don't have to fit into a little box. You can do whatever you want to do.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I've heard the term like multi-passionate entrepreneur thrown around a lot. And it's just like the fancy way of saying like, I like to do a lot of things and I don't want to just pick one. And I feel like everybody has so much to say about that. Cause they're like, ah, like you've already built this audience and like, okay, but what if my audience also likes multiple things? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, but you never know. And I think especially for Mariah and I like being in the creative industry. Um, that's one of the cool parts about being a creative, like I think especially with lettering, like you can letter with just about anything that can write, whether that's paint or chalk or a pen or, you know, like a stick with some mud on it that you picked up to like doodle in your driveway. Like you can literally letter with anything. I think when you make like untraditional art, it can sometimes feel hard to like call yourself an artist. But I mean, I know that like, that's what I am. That's why I like to experiment and create with all of these different,
1: all of these different things. I think for a lot of us too, the um, monetizing what we're doing also helps pay for the other things that we want to try. Uh, I know that was true for me. And once I started monetizing things, I started picking up other crafts that I like to do. Cause I, I love doing crafts pretty much any, any craft. And like, like you said, Arlena, I'm also the hobby hopper. I have so many things, but like I started to pick up um, doing fiber art, like doing macrame and embroidery. I've done embroidery before, actually, and I like to like hand sew things. Uh, I would love to learn how to use a sewing machine, uh, but I'm not quite there yet. Maybe someday, um, but I really enjoy doing those things. And sometimes they can be a little expensive and pricey, but like I I almost frame it as like I'm testing things out for my business even though I may not have you know the thought to or I may not want to monetize them right now I still want to try new things see if there's anything else that really sparks my interest and I mean I love a lot of the crafts that I do but I like the fact that I can enjoy them just for myself and for my family, like give gifts and things um, and not have to worry about monetizing them and all of the back end stuff that comes with that now that I I own a business and I know Mm -hmm. what that entails. And now that I've kind of worked through some of the things that I don't, that I don't monetize, I think about the things that I am monetizing. I'm monetizing my design, my calligraphy. I do like vinyl crafts, that kind of stuff I monetize. and I have a real passion behind it because I feel like you have to have that passion in order to, you know, want to monetize something and when you bring that natural passion that you're sharing with everyone, it really does create a good business and a good solid foundation for your business that's going to make you, you know, enjoy what you're doing because like as much as, you know, people say that, you know, work is work and whatever, Um, when you own your own business and it's something you enjoy, it's like, you're going to have such passion and bring such passion to that, that like, you're going to want to keep building it and building it and sharing that with everyone. I couldn't agree more. I think that like the sharing
0: it with others is the part that like gets me personally, like super jazzed up because I think that that's one of my greatest passions is like on top of exploring my own passion I would say like professionally, my biggest passion is being able to like empower and inspire others on their own journey and like being able to use something that they love to do to make an impact, to make an income. Like there is so much beauty in that because, because when I was in college and I heard about entrepreneurs and I heard about small businesses, I didn't hear about hobby businesses and I mean, there are people who are absolutely crushing it and they're a sole proprietor or they're a small business or they completely operate online, you know, whatever it is that they're doing, they're wildly successful at it. And you can be too. Yes. You listening to this episode, you know, there's so much more that goes into creating a business than just having passion. Like I'm going to tell you right now, like having passion is not just enough. Like you have to have passion And you have to have the drive. And that's something Mariah and I talk a lot about, like especially with like crazy messages we get on Instagram where people are like demanding to know like where you get something or how you create something. Like if you can't take it upon yourself to Google, um, you probably aren't going to own a successful business. Like it just is what it is, right? Like you have to have the passion, but you have to have the drive. Like you cannot rely on other people to make your business successful because you have got to do that. Like it is awesome to have a network, but like, if you're feeling that way, like you need to hire a mentor or a coach or visit your small business development center or whatever it is that you think that you need to do, because you cannot rely on strangers donating their time and blowing up their messages to give you the motivation, the inspiration, or the answers
1: to your business because that's just not how it happens. Yeah. Like I said, the natural passion is a good foundation, but you can't build without some drive and some thought behind it and really doing a lot of research and planning and things. It's it's not... I saw a real like the other day or like a TikTok maybe. And um, they were talking about it, like in calligraphy, for example, when someone asks them the question, oh, what pen do you use or what ink are you using? She's like, it really doesn't matter because I can, I tell you all those things, but just because I gave you those doesn't mean that you're going to automatically be amazing at it. Like I so much went on behind the scenes, like, okay, yeah, I'll give you my pen recommendations and my ink recommendations or whatever. And you have to use that. You have to have the drive to take that. And I mean, I feel like it just makes the drive, I'm using it like, like I'm in a car, but um, like you, in order to want to make that drive, you need to be excited and enjoy it. Otherwise it's going to make for a really bumpy, horrible road trip. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's a great comparison.
0: And I see it all the time like and so do you like we list stuff in our caption and people still comment and it's like you couldn't even read the caption but yet you want me to take the time to comment back to you and like give you this direct answer even though like you were not polite about it um, biggest eye roll ever <laughs> seriously another thing I notice is like I have a pretty great community online but every once in a while when a video goes like mildly viral uh, it brings in some like the internet trolls and so sometimes when it's like an iPad lettering video somebody will be like yeah, everybody can do that on an iPad, like, but you can't do it with like a real pen. And it's like, okay, you could scroll through my profile and see that Mm -hmm. I do. But also second, even if I didn't, like, I'm so tired of like the notion that like digital art is less worthy than like actual quote unquote, like tangible art, because Mm -hmm. it's funny. Um, you know, I've had friends before that are like, oh my gosh, it's so satisfying. Like I want to try it. And then they're like, God, Like you make it look so easy. Like this is not easy at all. Um, And I think that's a big misconception. It's always the number one procreate advice that I give to somebody is like, does it help having brushes that somebody has created? Absolutely.
1: But that is not the answer. No. And (laughs) it's so funny because it's like, I I always tell people when they want to get into iPad lettering or whatever, that like, it's totally different. And it it doesn't do anything like you can have all the tools in the world, but just because you have an iPad and an Apple Pencil doesn't mean all magically you're gonna be able to draw or do calligraphy like that is not how it works like even knowing how to do calligraphy on a piece of paper did not prepare me for doing calligraphy on an iPad. It was totally different. I had to relearn everything. Yeah, it's totally different, which
0: is why like knowing the foundations of like what lettering is, what calligraphy is, or like what you like with art. Like I have seen some amazing digital watercolor artists who create like these insane blooms and like gorgeous, gorgeous artwork. Some of which like I own the same brushes that they're using, like that I've bought from another creator or from them, from them themselves. Um, but I can't, I certainly can't create something like that. Does it mean I can never No. but it means like a brush does not put in the time and it's no different with like art supplies. Like, in fact, most of my friends, like my Instagram friends that are very successful painters almost exclusively use like cheaper brushes because they want to put their money, so to speak, like into more expensive supplies. I have other friends who swear by like, you know, having two or three, like really expensive, really great brushes because they take good care of them and they last and they love them. And it's, but it's so much like personal preference. Like I have pens that were a dollar that I love. And I have pens that were like 10 bucks that are like hit or miss, but I also have some that are 10 bucks that are freaking amazing, but it's so much like personal preference. And that's why experimenting is so great. And I think one of the best examples is ink with calligraphy because Mariah and I often have like asked each other for ink recommendations and half of the time we don't like the ink that the other person recommends for the purpose in which they're recommending it, right? Like if you're using a certain type of paper, I might be like, Hey, like, what do you like to use the most on handmade paper. And if she told me and I try it, I'm like, wow, this like is not working for me at all. But I might love it for cardstock or vice versa. It's why like learning about like what works well for you, the viscosity of the ink, like the fluidity, like what works well with certain nibs, like and there's nothing like there is no course that can do the work for you. Like they can give you information and curate it instead of you having to do that yourself. But if you won't put in the work, you know, you're not going to see the type of improvement that you want. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's kind of the middle ground of we're talking like going from a hobby to some sort of hustle. Like that middle ground is before you start making money, you still have to do the research and you're doing it. In the idea that you're just trying to, you know, gain more insight into your hobby. But all of that stuff is in the middle there that like you can't automatically go from like a hobby, right, to a hustle. Like you need to do the research, do the work, have the drive and really want it. And then you can see if it does turn into a hustle and continue to evolve your business based on you know, what you like, the hobbies that you've picked up, what you've learned, all of those things. Okay. So we've talked for forever about this topic and we have so much more to say, but we are going to save it for part two because um, uh, we probably just talked your ear off and you're probably ready to take a break from us. So we're going to Also take a break and then we'll be back next week, Thursday to share a little bit more about this topic and to go even deeper. Bye y'all. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode
0: of the Imperfect Company podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is you listen to podcasts. For more information about today's episode, visit our website, www.imperfectcompanypodcast.com forward slash episode 11. If you haven't already followed us on Instagram, you can find us at Imperfect Company or at Imperfect Company on Facebook. If you'd like to follow Mariah and I's business, you can find her business at MJ creative co on Instagram and mine at bossy brushstrokes. Our theme song is clocks by Brasco. We will talk to y'all next Thursday.